What up, folks? This is your boy, the Pittsburgh Golf Hack, and you're listening to the official podcast. Back once again, I'm Garen. And I'm Rich. And you're listening to episode 10. Merry Golfmas, Rich. Merry Golfmas, Garen. And Merry Golfmas to all of our listeners. Let's do this. I cannot believe that we are at the end of the season already. And we have got... We've got a, a ton to kind of recap, so we're going to recap this season for everyone, and uh, got a little bit of a, a little bit of a treat for a little what's in the bag. Rich, you know, you, you mentioned doing that earlier in the year. I think that uh, it's about time that we, we do that, a little Christmas gift for everyone. Absolutely. I love it. And Really uh, excited about it. And then we'll wrap up with... Uh, where we're going and what we're doing next year. So, uh, got some season ending goals for you all. But, yeah. uh, before we get started, folks, uh, we mentioned a couple episodes ago that there was going to be a, uh, a showdown with Brooks Kepka and with Bryson DeChambeau. And thought we would recap that. Rich, uh, did you, did you watch the match? I did watch the match, the abbreviated match. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was it was a beatdown. Uh, Brooks took it to um, Brooks took it to uh, to Bryson and um, ended a little early. And I'm not exactly what you would call happy about it. No, it was. I mean, first of all, the match was supposed to been twelve holes, which was absurd, anyways. Yep. And then. We get on there, and at first, first three holes, I thought, okay, this is going to be good. You know, yeah, I think Bryson won the first one, Brooks won the second one, and then I think Brooks won the third one, and it was pretty much Brooks from there. <laughs> so I'll tell you, Phil Mickelson lit a fire under Brooks, uh, and Brooks just Brooks is one of these guys where if you give him something to to focus on negative energy wise, he'll turn it into positive energy and just go throw darts. Yeah, he – I don't know what happened. I don't know if Bryson got caught up on just trying to show everybody how far he could hit it. Um, mm-hmm. But that's what it kind of seemed like to me. It was more the it enamored did. with let's let's see how much I can outdrive Brooksy and uh, came back to bite him. And the match was officially over in nine holes. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Brooksy uh, definitely closed him out quick, and uh, it was it, there was there was a comment made. Um, there was a comment made uh, by by Bryson that I think also lit a fire under Brooks. Did you did you hear uh, Bryson say, uh, "Man, why why can't you uh, why can't you play like this on tour?" And he laughed, and Brooks said, "Yeah, man, this is uh, this is uh, pretty much how I played when I won one of my majors." <laughs> i i don't think that i caught that to be honest with you oh. but it, that one uh that one doesn't surprise me oh no no i love but, it yeah i know after the match i know brooks had said something to the effect of like glad we could finally come out and put this to bed and uh i think he he pretty much did to be honest with you oh yeah he he, he uh in his mind at least proved who the better player was on that day yeah. There, so, but but honestly, they're two they're two two of the games very best right now, and uh, watch watching them go head to head at least in a, in this capacity was really cool. I uh, just wish it could have been a full eighteen hole match. 
Yeah. Speaking of the match in itself, uh, that golf course, the wind, I think it's mm. called the wind club in, uh, Las Vegas. Did you, uh, did you happen to catch about how much it was around there? <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, you uh, think you can cut, co- you think you can cover the both of us when we, when we decide to go or. Well, let's pray for a Christmas bonus. Maybe. <laughs> not a jelly of the month club either. maybe maybe yeah maybe maybe have to get uh cousin eddie to come and help me pull that one out <laughs> uh so so anyways the uh the match was a flop highly disappointed but uh you know it it's over it is what it is and um, i'm looking forward to seeing what uh what comes of of next season i think it's going to be a very interesting one yep i think so well, with that, Rich, uh, let's talk about our season. It yeah. Has, it has, number one, this completes our full season, our full first season of the podcast, folks. So this is this will be effectively the last episode of the year. And, the season uh, finale, if you will. This is the season finale. But uh, hopefully this is, like every other good Christmas gift, the gift that we'll keep on giving. We are letting you folks know. That we've thoroughly enjoyed this so much that we're actually coming back for season two. So there will be a season two of the Pittsburgh Golf Hack official podcast. Absolutely. Looking forward to it, man. It's been a fun time. It, it has been. And, you know, I think that, you know, perhaps the pod has helped me, you know, kind of observe different things in my game and, um, you know, maybe look at myself a little bit more critical than what I have in the past because, you know, a little bit of pressure on you you know you you don't think about it but you know you're talking about your golf game you know on a public forum and you know i'll I'll be completely honest with you folks we we don't we don't mince we don't pick and choose what we talk about on here as you've heard like we've had some really bad rounds (laughs) no it's uh my my golf trip this year was a was uh you know i just i just skirted the uh the 100 line just all all golf trip long um you had some some meltdowns um yeah i mean just hey, listen it, it's it, we're we're not going to pretend that we're we're out you know firing uh career rounds every single time out uh we're we're listen we're every dude going out there and and hacking it up um you maybe know, we, maybe we worse work. than the regular every everyday dude. <laughs> Sometimes we are. Sometimes, honestly, we are. But it, we we work really hard on the game. Both of us love it, and um, you know, I really wouldn't have it any other way. I've enjoyed getting better, and that I'll get into that in a minute. Where when we talk about uh, you know what we've accomplished this this season uh, and what we're looking to accomplish next season, um, you know, I, it's 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 been a it's been a good ride, and I'll I'll tell you to kind of kind of jump onto what you said, man. Uh, like I, I know that this has helped my golf game in, in thinking, uh, critically about, you know, what I do on the course and what I'm going to have to report and oh crap. If I go out and I stink it up today, I'm going to have to talk about it on the pod because we, you and I pretty much talk about every single round we play. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So It, it, it definitely has, Definitely has had an impact on me, but uh, so I guess you know. Let's dive into this season. You know, we've we started off kind of talking a lot about you know some technical aspects of the game, and and so let's let's kind of go through what our our top three accomplishments that we felt came out of this this season. 
And uh, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of time to think about yours because I've already kind of been thinking about mine a little bit. Sure. But um, first and foremost, I am one of one of my top accomplishments. I feel like for this season was finally going and getting a driver fitting. Not a boy. Absolutely. And, and and that that was a big accomplishment for a lot of reasons. One is I was stubborn and didn't really want to buy into the technology. Didn't really want to learn a lot about the data and, and kind of where the game is headed, to be honest with you. So, you know, I focused primarily on, you know, feel and things of the past. But, you know, those days are kind of gone. Like, you have to dive into the data a little bit. And so, you know, getting the driver fitting was a big deal for me because it, it helped me to jump into that data, which has then kept me, like, sucked into the data now. Now I'm... And uh, you and I had this conversation. You got to be careful, all right? You don't want to get overcome by the data to where all you're looking at is trying to chase a number, right? Right. You, right. You, you got to know what you're what you're doing with it, and you know, gets down to kind of practicing with a purpose. But I think that I think that I'm I'm getting there, and and understanding what some of those metrics mean and how to manipulate them will help me go pick out practice drills to help me practice with a purpose. Yeah, I think so. I, and, and you had an idea of what your ball flight looked at, looked like and, and, um, you know, what fits you best equipment wise, what doesn't fit you well equipment wise. And it gives you a good snapshot of where your swing is at at that moment in time. Um, that that's why I'm such a proponent of going and, and gathering some uh some some data and getting some feedback uh from something like a like a trackman or or a foresight um you know GC um like it, it's just it's valuable to you it's not it's not an end all be all because at the end of the day we want to go out on the range and we ultimately go out on the course and and a see good ball flight and and be ultimately score uh do something with that ball flight and you know i i think going and getting a driver fitting is the very first step for you um you know i think eventually when it's time to get new irons uh you're you've could you've probably put yourself in a position to where there's no way you're not going to get fit for your iron set right right or already been looking at that and just like already starting to dive into what that data looks like with you know they've got those strips that goes on the sole of the iron and you can tell if you're too toey or too hilly you can tell if you need to you know do you need to be a couple degrees upright or do you need to be a couple degrees flat um and and not going to dive into a lot of that today folks maybe maybe that'll be a highlight for next year but those those numbers are already something i'm looking at that's like wow i never really number one i didn't know you could adjust an iron Mm-hmm. Oh but, yeah, absolutely. But but number two, just like how much of a difference, like just watching some videos and stuff like that, how much of a difference that makes, and it just, like I said, the the whole technology thing is just, it's really blown my mind this year. It's opened me up to a lot of things that I historically wouldn't have even considered, and and I think that that was a big, you know, change is hard for me. You know, I'm a, you know, a back a good old backwards hillbilly here, but. Uh, hmm. I uh, I think that, that that really is gonna gonna help my golf game going into next year. I think so. So what else you got for me? So my second one, um, I think my second biggest accomplishment for the year is getting back into competitive golf. And cool. You know that was a a big thing for me because 
you know, I can play in some of the competitions that aren't really, you know, aren't, there's not as much riding on the line. You can play, you can go play in a, a, a scramble for a charity event. You can go play in, you know, a, a scramble with friends. But there's just something about you controlling your own destiny and having to make every shot count that just makes you, it gets you into that mental grind so hard. And, and I think that that's something that I've been lacking for a while. Cause I'll admit there's, there has been times in the past few years where I've went out and I've just smacked balls. It's like, you know, okay, I'm enjoying this. It's, it's, you know, I'm outside, I'm enjoying the scenery, but it's like, I wasn't really getting into the mental grind. And if I hit a bad shot, you just pull out another ball and hit again, hit another one. But yeah, you know, getting back into that competitive mode of golf, I think was, was a really big deal for me. And, you know, seeing how much that it, it affected my game, I think that it really helped me, you know, pay dividends this year. And, you know, that kind of leads into the the last thing, which is my third mo- best accomplishment for the year, I think, is the movement I had in my handicap. You know, started the year off at a 16.5, and I actually ended the year at a 13.2, so... A little, a little punch on that, Rich. Episode seven. What was the title? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> the sour cranberry ring a bell. Oh my gosh, the sour cranberry. You Absolutely, remember it does. the terrible round I had at at Cranberry Highlands. Absolutely. So you know, scrambled to to finish under a hundred. And uh, I will have to say, I made a big move the last week. So after Bethpage, I had a chance to play Cranberry one more time. Mm -hmm. And I went out and I got paired up with this really cool kid who was actually from New York, just so happened to be back in Pittsburgh um, visiting some family. And, uh, you know, obviously just coming off the Bethpage round, I had a lot to talk about with him. And... um, so, I'm going to go through a reading of the scorecard on this one. Man, you're going to interrupt your three biggest accomplishments for a reading of the scorecard. Let's do this. Well, th- this one I'm integrating, Rich. Oh, you're. <laughs> this is an integration. This is okay. an in- this is an integration because this one helped move the handicap almost almost about. Well, I guess it was about point four points, something like that, on the okay. last the last week of the season. So that was a pretty big right. mover. So this is the best round that I have had all year. It was an eighty one. Very nice. With a differential of about ten and a half. Wow. Okay. So so big big mover for me here. But if you recall, I shot a ninety eight in mm-hmm. in the tournament. I enacted my revenge on on the cranberry. So. Let's go through it here. Hole number right. one is a par four, a bogey. Hole number two is a par five, a par. Number three is a par three, a par. Number four is a par four, a bogeyed. Number five is a par four, I also bogeyed. Number six is a par three in which I parred. Number seven is a par five in which I parred. Number eight is a par three in which I parred. 
Number nine is a par four in which I park. Three over on the front. Three over on the front. And if you recall, I think I started off the tournament at Cranberry. With a triple. With a triple on like the first three holes, or first two holes. So I was, I think after the first three holes, I was eight over par. Three over on the front. Look at you. Yeah. And, and I have I, this kid that's playing. This kid that was playing with me. We were talking about Rick Shields and a couple other people. that's on YouTube and everything. And I was telling him about the podcast and whatnot. And I said, you know, but those guys are pretty good. You know, you know, they're a whole lot better than me. And he he tapped the scorecard. He said, Bro, you're pretty good too. <laughs> Three over. I Solid. Looked, I looked down. I was like, Oh, I wish I didn't know that. He just made you aware. <laughs> yeah. So, so there in, you know, started to downslide. But, uh, so going in, I was three over. Going into number 10 was okay. a par four. I parred. Number 11 was a par four. I bogeyed. Okay. Here, here's where the wheels fell off a little bit. Number okay. 12 was a par four. I doubled. Okay. So we're at six over through 12. That's right. So, number 13's a par 3. I parred. Okay. Four, 14's a par 4. I parred. But then 15's a par 3. I double bogey. No. That's Six, such a rough thing. 16's a par 4. I double bogey. Oh, no. Yep. Since 17, par 4. I parred. And then 18 the par 5, I bogey. So 11 over. 11 over, finished finish the back with a 43, came out with an 81. That is my best round of the year and a perfect Definitely. way to end the season and enact my revenge on the Cranberry Highlands. On the Cranberry Highlands. Well, good for you. Uh, glad, you uh, glad you got to exact your revenge on there because – you uh, you very much uh, you know you very much deserved it after getting your, your veritable tail handed to you. Oh, it was it was ugly. I, but yeah, I, I walked off there. But I was like, if I could have just got one of those double bogeys back, Rich, that would have been the first round since high school shooting in the seventies. <sighs> Man, so close, so close. It happens. Well, um, I only had uh, I only had two rounds in the seventies this year, and that 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 that'll go into uh, to to my three things. But uh, you want to you want to cap off your your three things? No, that that pretty much caps it off for me. You know the uh, you know lowering the handicap and and you know shooting good at Cranberry, getting back into competitive golf, and you know just you know getting into the tech. It just so many things this year that I, I think are going to be big movers, but uh, but no, I'll, I'll quit hogging the mic and uh, let's hear let's hear yours. Absolutely, man. So I've been thinking about mine for a little bit as well. Um, we 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 touched on this subject when we were planning this this episode, and I I, I thought really critically about uh, what are the three things that um, that really affected my year um, that I was the most proud of, and the first one is going to sound really really backward. Um, and I haven't talked to you about this. Okay. Um, so I'll start the first one by saying that I started the year at a 
what was a 9.2. Um, I think it was somewhere around there, yeah. I am currently, as it stands, an 11.5. Okay. I am immensely proud of that, and let me tell you why. So this year, um, I resolved to play harder courses. I didn't rely on the track that I know I can go out and shoot in the 70s any day of the week. Um, And I resolved to uh, pay more attention to my game. So I, 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 I played courses that I knew would challenge me this year, and it reflected with my handicap. But I'm also really proud of that because I did go out and challenge myself instead of patting my handicap at home and keeping my handicap in single digits because I played Riviera three times a week. <laughs> nah, I, you know, we talked about that. We we talked about that a little bit on that on the one pod where we got into the handicaps a little, but um, right. you know. So Riv- Riviera is a, a really short track here near my house, um, even near my new house. Uh, uh, listeners, I, you, you were actually uh, listening to me from the, the new uh, Pittsburgh Golf Hack uh, sidekick headquarters, uh, but I'm not far from where I was in the first place. I just happened to get some new digs. So, um, but yep. yeah, man, I congrats on that, by the way. I, uh, thanks man. I am uh, extremely happy for you and the missus and, uh, looking forward to getting down. have not, have not got to see it yet. Listeners got to, got to pay a little, little trip down to, uh, West Virginia to, to see the new, the new homestead, but uh, no, we'll give you we'll give you four. You got four accomplishments this year. <laughs> there we go. We'll, we'll add it. We'll add in the house. But uh, but so so I challenged myself to go and play somewhere aside from Riviera, which is which is a really easy track near my house. I can go out and shoot anywhere from seventy seven to eighty one any day of the week with my eyes closed, um, unless I'm playing with Garen, and then the wheels <laughs> fall off. But somehow somehow I manage to get the shanks every time that Garen's around. Uh, so that was my first one. And, and I, like I said, I know it sounds backward to, to say that my handicap went up this year. Um, but I'm proud of it and I'm proud of it because I'm trying to learn to travel and be a 10 handicapper under, and that's, that's going to be one of my goals for next year. Uh, secondly, <clears throat> I'm proud of the fact that I sucked it up and went and got lessons this year. Um, Took a few lessons uh, from my man Quinn Cole uh, out of Ashland, Kentucky, and he helped me with some of my early extension issues and some ball striking stuff and some feel stuff around the green, and it really helped me um, be a better ball striker all the way around. And um, I attribute I, I attribute that to the, the the way that I played this year, uh, and. I'll tell anyone who is trying to make themselves better and they're looking for shiny objects, as the guys from Chasing Scratch say, um, go get yourself some lessons before you go get shiny objects because uh, lessons are the most valuable bang for your buck thing that you can possibly do. Um, so I'm very proud of that. Uh, that's the that's my second biggest accomplishment. And then my third biggest accomplishment probably kind of falls in with those those lessons, but I'm proud of my ball flight. Um, so I have played, um, let's just call it a power cut 
for <laughs> for a long time. And um, I've managed to straighten out my ball flight. I play a little baby cut, um, you know, any day of the week, and I'm very proud of that. Um, and I'm even learning to, to kind of, this is the very first year in all the years that I've ever played golf that I've been able to turn the ball over on a draw. Um, now if I can just learn to control that draw, uh, things will be, things will be much better, but, uh, very proud of my ball flight and the, and the practice that I did. So, um, you know, not quite as deep as, as Garen getting out and playing some competitive golf, which I'm proud of you for. I did the same this year. Uh, this was my third year of playing competitive golf and, um, did well, uh, as kind of a side note, I'm proud of the fact that, uh, that I I've, I've done huge strides with my mental game, but, uh, that's something that I want to talk about for the future. So those are my three biggest accomplishments, man. All right. No, and I, I will, I will vouch for the driver, man. You have become a way better driver of the ball than, than me. Um, yep. I don't know how that happened but uh you know the fact that you're out driving me by 20 yards at least every time is a little concerning so i gotta get that we gotta we gotta get that gotta get that fixed so we gotta get that fixed as the as a uh, as a terrible coach at our alma mater uh used to say we gotta get that fixed we gotta get that fixed gang <laughs> neato <laughs> So, oh man! But no, you know, to close that that out, you know, just a, you know, just a good year. I can tell every time that we get a chance to play that you know that you're making movement. I've definitely made some movement. I, I think that the words out of your mouth was uh, you know, a couple times that we got to play this year is like, where's this guy coming out of? Yeah, you you've, <laughs> you you're a, you're a different player. Um, you're you're more toward the player that that I knew uh, when when we were playing so much golf. We uh, listeners, we played probably four days a week when the both of us were single um, at a little nine hole track near our house. Uh, we lived in an, in an apartment complex. He lived on on the top floor. I lived on the bottom, and we probably played golf at this nine hole track four days a week. And um, Garen was a heck of a golfer at that point in time. Yeah, I was also. Well, actually, no, I wasn't lighter back then because I was, no. I was plump and then I got skinny and now I'm plump again. So boy, <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with it. Your wife loves it. It's fine. That's right. But no, you were, you were, uh, you were a heck of a golfer back then and, uh, you're, you're coming back into form now and I think you're going to end up better. So, well, I appreciate it. And you know, those were coming off some of the high school years and it makes a big difference when you're playing every day. I mean, absolutely. You know, you're getting to play for free when you're in high school and you're hitting the track every day, you're getting coaching, you're getting free lessons. And you know, it just makes, it does, it makes a big difference. Oh, it uh, sure does. No, it, it, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, now, now that we're adults and we, we, we have to weed out the bad habits that we've made on the golf course with our, and with our swing, um, you know, uh, it's, it's a little harder for us to do as adults and, and, and play this game for enjoyment. And that's one thing that, that I I've learned to do mentally now, you know, with the change in my mental game starting last year and it, it, it'll bleed into next year is I, I'm starting to enjoy things more. I'm not going out trying to hit a number. I'm trying to just go out and, uh, make some good shots and most of all, enjoy the track that I'm on. Yeah, that, that was a big thing. And, you know, I've like you talked about in in our previous episode when I get on tracks like Beth Page and and you know the Greenbrier and 
you know, hopefully many more future sites to come that are kind of bucket list golf courses. I tend to, to really hone in on the moment because, you know, you just know that number one, you may never get to play that track again. And then number two, just thinking about, you know, all of the, you know, all the people that's been on that course before you and, you know, everything that has taken place on, on some of those hollow ground type of golf courses, just, you know, and not only those types, but I mean, even, you know, you go to a golf course that lands on golf digest or golf magazines, top 100 folks, I will tell you this, there is a huge difference in playing your local public course than playing on a, a golf digest top 100 course. hundred percent. It, you will, number one, you will think more strategically you there's it's just so like there's nothing to compare when you see fairways and greens that are that plush and that just meticulously cared for like every shot there's no excuse like if you have even out of the rough like there is no oh well there was a lump of crabgrass there oh there was a like if you're if you keep it semi in play there's no excuse to hit bad shots on those courses and it just makes you think a little bit more about in the moment of how beautiful these courses are and it just yep it i'll be honest with you rich playing courses like beth page and and there's you know there's some other courses that are out there on my youtube channel that i've played were in the top top 100 for golf digest that is a very addicting thing that i have kind of sure. grown into because like there's just no comparison like when i come back and play some of the the you know, your run-of-the-mill local munis, like, it just doesn't even compare. <laughs> no, no, it, it's it's a different level of the game. Uh, that's that's the way that I look at look at, at those type of places. You know, you're 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 in a place where that you know they they everyone who is on that property cares about the game. They're not there to hack it up and drink beer, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's really not. Um, but if you're paying that much for a round of golf, you're out there to enjoy the property. You're out there to enjoy the game uh, and you're out there to play it the way that it's supposed to be played. Yep. No, no questions asked. And, and well, we won't get in, we'll, we'll get into a, yeah. a little bit of the riffraff discussion a little bit later in season two. That's um, another conversation for another day. <laughs> we got, I got a lot of content for that. <laughs> um, Don't we both, but uh, you know, just, seeing people that care for a golf course and take care of it like that and you will play better on those tracks hands down i don't care what anybody says you know and i've there's actually it's interesting there's a video that rick shields put out here recently of him and a pro that went to play a local muni in uh over overseas i think it was in the uk yeah and, it was uh, near rick's hometown yeah and you know local muni that you know i think that they kind of thought yeah we're going to take a tour pro here and you know and actually be able to just blow the the court i think the course record was one over par yep and and he thought he was just going to go in and completely blow it up let me tell you the conditions ate him up when you don't get mm -hmm. perfect lies and you don't have tight fairways and you don't have all the things that you have on a well manicured you know cared for meticulously taking care of yeah absolutely yeah. He he ended up, if I recall correctly, I believe he shot either he either ended up three or four over is what he finished. He, so, shot, he shot three over. 
is is what the guy what the guy shot. I, I that was that was an enjoyable watch. I caught that video too. Yeah, yeah, that was really it was kind of an eye opener. That's like wow, like you know when you go and play some of these courses, you know you you think you know a, a tour pro would come in here and tear it up, and that's not the case because a lot of these tour pros they got really good really good course conditions. So yep, but, absolutely. Uh, but enough on that, and uh, you know, let's treat the folks here a little bit, Rich. Um, let's talk about what's in the bag. Okay, cool. Uh, well, I, you know what? I'll, I'll go first. Um, I'll, I'll run through. It's gonna take me. It's gonna take me a little bit. So uh, I'll kind of go through. I, I'm a so I'm an equipment nerd. I'll tell you. I'll tell you that straight away, guys. Um, but I'll talk. I'll start with. Uh, you know, the ball I played this last year all the way all the way up through the bag. So um, the ball I played last year is uh, is a ball that the, the Chasing Scratch guys loved at first and then learned to hate. Um, and I can't say that I agreed with them. I, I, I had a great experience with this ball. Um, I play the, uh, the Vice Pro, um, played it in white, and um, it, it, it was an absolutely amazing ball for me this year. Um, spin is great. Uh, it, uh, it, it, the, the feel around the greens is the same as a pro V one or a TP five for me. Um, traditionally I've been a Strixon Z star guy. Um, and my wife got me, uh, six dozen, uh, of the vice pros for my birthday and they just happened to last me through the season. I've actually got, uh, three or four sleeves left and, um, absolutely a great ball couldn't couldn't be more happy with it uh durability was great i hit it out of the sand i hit it into into a lot of like rocky uh dirty lies at uh at riviera when it was in the heat of the summer and it wasn't in that great a condition um really happy with that uh i play a just a just a regular plastic tee um i don't play wood it just that's that's just personal preference though uh, so I play off a green plastic tee, uh, and then on through the bag, man. Um, You'll start on the big we'll start, stick first, or the yeah, little we'll stick. Start on the big stick, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, big stick is going to be a uh, a sim two uh, in nine and a half degrees. Um, I actually made a change in shafts this year. Uh, I had been using a Matrix Ozic white tie in fifty five grams. I actually added some weight uh, at the direction of Quinn Cole um, to my driver shaft and ended up going with um, the Hulk shaft. Um, really, really happy with it. Hazardous makes a uh, makes a great shaft. I went with Hazardous Green. Um, it's in a stiff and it's in 65 grams. And uh, I've got Golf Pride midsize. Uh, tour wrap uh velvet no not tour wrap velvet tour wrap suede um just a basic gray and i've got those all the way through the bag um no on the on the driver was that that wasn't an addition this year you made that addition last year right uh no the sim 2 was an addition this year i bought i bought a sim last year i got the opportunity to buy my sim at half price and um funded Funded my Sim Two by selling my Sim One. <laughs> Very nice. So, real, so real, real quick on the on the shaft, what did you see the biggest change in? Did you see by adding from going from a fifty-five gram to a sixty-five gram? Did you see 
lower swing speed, higher swing speed, or what was your biggest takeaway from making that change? So my swing speed actually stayed the same. I okay. uh, didn't change at all, which very much surprised me. But so here, here's the, here's the thing that, that I wanted out of this and I got out of it. I got a lower ball flight. Um, I didn't balloon the ball up because I tend, I tended to balloon the ball just a little bit. Okay. So I got a lower ball flight out of it and I don't feel like I have to swing as hard to generate club head speed. The weight of that shaft helps does it helps do it for me. Okay, that that's interesting because I've actually been looking into that. So we'll we'll talk more offline on that. I I'm I'm very interested in that. So, but uh, absolutely didn't mean to sabotage you there. Just you know a couple of good points. But carry on, sir. No, no worries, no worries. Um, three wood is going to be a tailor made um, M4. Uh, went with the M4 because it was lightweight, each easy to hit, and um, it, it it has just a little bit of a leading edge to to you can play it out of um, out of some rough. Um, not that you want to play a three wood out of rough all the time, but it's uh, it's much easier to hit. Have the uh, Diamana um, stock Diamana three wood shaft in it uh, in God, I want to say fifty five grams if I'm not mistaken. Love that three wood. I've had it for this is this was my third season with it, uh, and I have no intent on getting rid of it. Um, I've got a three, um, I've got a three hybrid from Mizuno. Uh, that is the um, JPX nine hundred. Uh, I had a three and four hybrid in the bag, but I recently took the four out in uh, in place of an actual four iron, which I'll get to uh, with my with my iron set. But um, as far as this JPX nine hundred man, you cannot beat this club for especially for the money that i got it for but i would have paid full price for it no questions asked um i've got it set at 19 degrees um it's just a, just about as as good of a of a three iron uh, as you're gonna have and you have the ability to to have all the forgiveness that a uh, uh that a hybrid gives you so i uh, couldn't ask for for a better choice there i have no intent on taking that out of the bag anytime soon it's super hot it goes super far uh, and the ball flight is absolutely gorgeous, so I'm really happy with that. So that would be the woods that are in my bag. And then moving to the irons, um, I actually, two seasons ago now, um, went with Titleist. I had played um, I'd played Adams and Callaway for my entire uh, golf career, I guess you would say. Uh, my, the entirety of me playing golf. I'd played Adams or Callaway, and some and, uh, and some other brand that we'd never heard of that you had before the uh, Adams. <laughs> it was it was something that had a really big <laughs> offset. <laughs> um, but I uh, I'd played Adams and Callaway, but I made the switch and got myself a set of of uh, big boy irons. I went with the 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 Titleist seventeen, uh, uh, yeah, at seven eighteen uh, AP threes. And I got them uh, very, very gently used. Um, they were set up for, I had them set up for me. And I am completely and utterly in love and I will never, ever play a non-forged iron ever again. So these are hollow head forged face. And you, it's, it's just indescribable to hit a, a forged face iron, how the ball feels coming off of it. So, um, 
I'm currently three all the way through approach wedge uh, with the with the seventeen uh, the seven eighteen AP threes, um, or I'm four sorry four iron all the way through approach wedge with the AP threes, um, all in. Um, what shafts do I have in those? I have the uh, I have the dynamic gold um, AVX whites. I'm almost I'm 99% positive. I know yeah, there it seems to be the pretty pretty standard today. Yep, it is. Uh so I I've, I've got the dynamic gold AVX whites uh in, in in all of those and and they all have the Golf Pride uh tour wrap uh suede. So those are great. Uh as far as my wedges go, um I play a 52 and a 56 uh in addition to that 48 degree approach wedge. Um 52 and 56, I play the tailor-made uh, MG2s, and they are spectacular. I got the raw face version, so the, the face is actually uh, getting a nice little patina on them. Um, couldn't couldn't ask for a better set of wedges. They're very comparable to a Vokey, a little lighter head wedge. Um, went with a 10-degree bounce on the 52 and 12 degrees on the 56. Um for the for the uh, hard West Virginia summer ground, and um, couldn't couldn't be happier with those. And then the putter, uh, my putter is a tailor made Spider Mini in red, um, with a tailor made Putter Garage uh, custom uh, Azalea head cover on them. So that is that's what I'm playing. And the bag is a uh, Marshall Green Titleist bag. Go her. <laughs> All right. So yeah, and the uh, the putter of which I have, uh, I, I kind of had to talk Rich off the ledge the other day because he 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 reached out to me and told me he was thinking about getting another putter. And then we went back and forth. And he's like, "Man, I love my spider. I'm not going away from my spider." It was a it was about a, a two hour back and forth uh, inner struggle with himself that I felt really bad about because he, uh, folks, he was he was struggling. <laughs> I was I was struggling hard, man. He uh he he had gotten bit by the bright and shiny object bug and uh, I did. He was he, he was he was uh, hook line and sinker pretty hard, but uh, we got him talked out of it and he's back down to earth now. So absolutely, I'm uh, no, the spider stays in the back this year. All right, I, I, we'll, we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> <laughs> Until the next shiny object. That's right. All right, man. What do you got in the bag? All right, so. Uh, my bag is a, a mixture of old school and new school. Um, folks commonly laugh at me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this off with my probably the most important piece of equipment that's in my bag. What's that? That would be my iron cover, sir. Oh, come <laughs> on, man. I you know am, I just set you up for that. I am, folks listening... And if you please don't walk away from the pod and say, I can't take this guy seriously ever again because he has iron covers. Don't be that guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when I get to my irons and tell you folks what irons I'm playing, you understand why my iron covers are so Im- important to me. And, and Rich can kind of, even though he doesn't support the love no, of the iron I want to be. I want to be clear. No, 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 no. I'm going to stop the podcast really quick. Just, just, just. I want to be clear, and everybody needs to understand. I do not 
condone using iron covers, nor will I ever condone using iron covers. So it's it if folks, if you all have not, if you're not big on the social media um, world of golf, just entertain yourself a little bit and Google about the war that is going on between iron cover users and iron cover haters and everybody else. The other 99.9% of us, <laughs> I said, iron cover haters. <laughs> you're, you're in the hater bucket and you, I don't care what oh, you say. You, you drink the, I'm hater drinking aid. all the hater aid. I'll drink all of it. Get me, give me a cooler. But it, it is a real thing, folks. There is a, there is a true, war going on in the game of golf between the iron the cover war on iron covers. <laughs> it's terrible it, it is terrible dude some of the stuff that i have like you you all post you all send you and jeff send me some of those things every now and then and you know it's about like you know oh don't forget to take your iron cover off or you know something like that and but it's so funny because you read through the comments. Some of these things have thousands of comments, and you'll read through them. And there's people like, like I would rather slip my wrist than ever use iron covers. <laughs> it's like I mean, a, that, it's a little harsh. That's I don't know, man. I don't know how harsh that is. All uh, right, let's get off these iron covers. Yeah, there's some pretty your knee your neoprene club condoms. That's right, club S- prophylactics. <laughs> <laughs> protecting my investment oh yeah the resale value garen <laughs> so <sighs> so let's start with um you started with golf balls i'll start with golf balls so i have been Sounds good i have been playing the max fly soft fly and um a couple reasons that i went to that that ball first of all i i just bought them on a whim to be completely honest with you and I love the feel right away. Like right away got hooked on the feel. So then I started getting curious. I'm like, well, I wonder what my spin numbers are like with this. And, you know, right on the box, it straight up says right on the box, it, it says this is one of Maxfly's lowest spinning balls, very low spinning ball. And so I took it up to the simulator and sure enough, especially driver, which is the club I struggle with my spin rates the most, I was getting really, really good spin rates. For the first time, I'm getting very consistent within that 2,500, 2,800 RPM with driver, and that's not been something historically I can obtain. Well, so we, we talked about that before, and I'll, I'll, I'll be brief on this so as to not hijack you, but like a ball is a very personal thing not yeah. not everybody should be playing a pro v1 that's why not they have ball fittings right not everybody should be playing a a, a max fly soft fly you know it, it's you it's a very personal thing you manage to find a ball that works and that's great yeah and I, and you know i think that there's a lot of um a lot of misconceptions there's a lot of brand loyalty there's a lot of you know Titleist pro v has such a such a presence in golf as being the number one go- uh, ball in golf. And for a lot of reasons, it it is. But I'm lo- Listen, I'm looking at a sticker that says Titleist, the number one ball in golf, that's on my laptop right now. Yeah. Literally, it's, it's hilarious. I mean, it it, it has, and it, and it rightfully has earned its place in the golf realm as being that. But like Rich sure. said, there there is a personal fitment that you have to look at to a golf ball and and i think once again getting back into the numbers and not you know never have been fit for a club or anything in my life and seeing the impact of 
looking at what numbers can have like you know again it's all about finding that baseline where am i at with the current piece of equipment that i have and when i start putting different pieces of equipment in my hand what what that does and and so that's kind of where, where I'm at with the Max Fly. Out of all the balls, I've done some ball trials. You know, I still do like the Costco ball, the Kirkland Signature. Um, that's another great ball. It, it, it's a good ball. The new version just happened to spend a little bit more than than what I need right now. The The first version that, that I had last year, it, it, it had really, really good, uh, a really good fit for my swing, but... For whatever reason, the newer ones spin a lot better. But then for Rich, they're they're a great ball. They work really good for his game. So, um, again, it, it's a personal thing. But yep. that, that's the that's the ball that I'm playing this year. And um, cool. I actually am still on wood tees. Um, don't have anything against the plastic ones. I actually really like the feel that, that I get off of the, uh, the club with them. feels like you're not hitting – you know, you don't have any friction drag, but um, sometimes the wood tees for me just seem to, especially if you're in areas of hard pan, things of that, they're just a little bit easier to get in the ground. I don't have to worry about the tee bending and having to bend it back and things like that. So for me, I still prefer a wood tee. Plus, sometimes the plastic ones will leave the white streaks across the uh, driver head and you got to, you know, magic eraser will take them off, but it's just kind of a, you know, it's one of those cosmetic things that you don't want to deal with. And um, for me, I'm still a, a purveyor of the wood tea. And uh, boy. I just I buy those in plain natural. I don't get, you know, white paint or anything on them. They're just straight up natural. I do like um, getting the ones with the demarcations for the certain lengths so you know you get consistent ball height. Um, so I do go with that. Can't remember what brand they are right offhand, but anyways. Um, so that is golf ball and tees and then getting into the bag. Um, we'll start with driver of which I got fitted for this year. That is a 10 and a half degree Callaway Big Bertha B21. And I actually have that set. It's still set at neutral. So it's, it's not, I don't have the draw setting on it because the B21 actually has a little bit of a draw bias built into the actual club face itself. So yeah, I, I didn't need to get all of that and um, adjust the draw setting on. So I've got it set sure. down to nine and a half degrees loft, and um, it's the RCH stock 55 gram stiff flex shaft that comes with the club. And uh, I believe it also has the Golf Pride suede grip on it, if I if I do recall. And then I have the uh, Callaway Rogue three wood with the Synergy stiff shaft. I have also the uh, the Callaway, actually XR series um, or XR Speed three hybrid, um, and I believe it also has the Synergy shaft with a. Um, it actually has the Align Golf Pride grip. So a little bit. I'm not a big fan of that grip. Actually, I'm probably gonna take that off in the off season because it really, for me, is it's a hard grip and if. Sure. If you don't happen to catch one flush and you, you hit one fat or you tow one, that grip, for me anyways, it hurts my hands. Yeah, I, I, there's just nothing like a tour wrap for me. I've played tour wraps for years and years, uh, and I have no inkling on trying anything else. That's one, the one, one grip or uh, one piece of my equipment that I have no want to change. Yeah, 
same same here I, i'd like to go go with the uh the tour velvets back throughout my my whole bag but um but that's where i'm at with my woods um and the rogue and the and the big bertha were added this year um had the hybrid before and uh hit it really well i actually got a really good deal on that one on ebay that was a steal it was like 60 bucks on ebay I, um, you know what i got both of my hybrid my mizuno hybrids on ebay brand new with the plastic still on the head for $69 a piece. Yep. Yep. The hybrids, for whatever reason, you can find a good deal on them for some reason, but, um, but I'm a big fanboy of Callaway. Um, and as we get into the irons, this is where things get interesting. So I am playing the Callaway X 20 series cast irons, game improvement irons, that came out probably around, I'm going to guess 2009, I think. Yeah, Yeah, 2009-ish. And this is where the iron covers come into play. So I'm playing, I have four iron through approach. Actually, I have sand and my my 52 degree and my approach wedge are are all all the same thing. So, So four through approach wedge. Uh, in the Callaway X20s, but Rich is my witness. As bad as he hates the iron covers, do my irons or do my irons not look almost just as good as the day I bought them? I have no, I have no qualms about the fact that they they look they look amazing, and and that that's awesome. I just, you know. <laughs> Well, no, I can they tell really you. Do. They, I can tell you this do. much: if I paid as much as you did for forged irons, I would definitely probably have two club covers on them. <laughs> but I, uh, I still hit them fine, folks. Now you know, I have been teasing with the thought of hitting a forged club. I, Ooh. I had a forged club back in the day before, you know there was really a lot of difference between cast and forge and whatnot, but my uncle had given me a set of clubs to hit. Now we're talking, you know, these, this was in the nineties when clubs were a forge club was definitely not as forgiving as what it is now. Um, but you know, I have hit a forge club before was not very accurate with it. I think that there's a part of me that I'm just a little bit more confident in playing a cast club but with that being said like i said i have been i've been considering hitting some forged newer style modern day irons um possibly for next year we'll, we'll see where nice. that leads but um but i've been playing those x20s for a very long time i'm comfortable with them i've got my my yardage gapping is you know to the t with them um but that's that's the irons I'm playing. Nothing spectacular on those. You know, they're not anything special. But, you know, it, it's one of those things that goes to show, you know, sometimes newer isn't always better. But those fit my no, game. That's true. Those fit my game today, and, and that's what I'm playing. And um, and then when we get down into the wedges, um, that's where things get a little bit interesting. So I haven't done a YouTube review on these yet, but I had bought the Kirkland Signature Wedges this year and gave them a try um those are now out of the bag so a lot of reasons for that they're not a bad first and foremost they are not a bad wedge they're actually a very good quality wedge they are they're they're a vokey clone they are 
to to a certain extent. The thing is with a Vokey, you can get custom grinds and custom yep, exactly and, and bounces. custom bounces. With the Kirklands, there is no customization. They come in a standard. Your lob wedge is an eight bounce, and your sand and your gap wedge are both a ten bounce. And the leading edge on these is very sharp. So if you're playing in some of the what I'll say kind of the furrier conditions that we have in, you know, regular public courses, um, you're not going to get as much forgiveness with the, you know, the club is actually going to grab hold when you don't have a lot of bounce for those types of conditions. So, you know, for me, it's going to dig in. Yeah. It's just going to grab the club head and stop. So for me, that's why that those didn't work out. So I actually, I've pulled those out and, I've put back in a lob wedge that I had for quite some time. I, it is a Cleveland CG14. Um, it's the one with the zip grooves, 60-degree lob wedge. It has a 8-degree bounce, which I know I just said is the same exact as the Kirkland. But I will say that leading edge on that one is not as sharp. And... Mm-hmm. I also have a second wedge that I will toggle back and forth. So depending on the conditions I'm playing, I added just this year a one of the new Cleveland RTX Zipcore 60-degree wedges as well. Now that one has a 10-degree bounce. So, yeah, the, the, so the, the RTX was on my short list whenever I was looking at wedges. That, that's, that's, a great, that's a great wedge. Yep, so depending on what conditions I know that I'm playing dictates which which uh, lob wedge is going in the bag that day. So I've got those two. And then to finish out, uh, putter, I am actually playing still the Kirkland Signature Famous Putter from Costco. Um, I've added the weight kit. I've got it optimized. And, man, I, I love it. I love that putter. Hey, man, it, it's all feel. It's, it, it is all personal and, um, you know, you know, God forbid you – go out and buy yourself a Newport too, because that's exactly what you're hitting anyway. <laughs> Probably, but I only you paid, are. only paid 150 for mine. So <laughs> that's fair. That's saved yourself a hundred bones. That's fair. That's right. But no, I, I really like it. It's, um, I, I feel like it's added a little bit more balance, um, to my putting game this year. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes, but as of right now, that's still in the bag. And then, one piece that both Rich and I have, which we did not talk about, is uh, we're both playing the Callaway 300 Pro Laser Rangefinder. Absolutely, and couldn't be happier with it. That will be in my bag until it falls apart. Yep, same here. We, we've, I think I had mine about a year before you had yours. And uh, yep. talk, talk about a durable rangefinder. I know Bushnell and a lot of other brands that are out there. Um, these things are completely rubber-coated. They're very well-sealed and just... I feel like a very well-constructed laser range finder. I literally, so get this one, Rich. I don't know about you. I've had mine for, I think, going on three years. And people talk about how bad battery life is on these range finders. I just replaced the batteries in mine back in July. Me me too. Me too. I just replaced mine, like, middle of the summer. I had to replace my batteries. Yeah. Like. It's, it's, it's absolutely incredible. Um no, I to attest to the the durability of it. Uh, it was it was this year um, down in North Carolina. Mine came out of the of the cart, and we were full speed, 
hit a uh, hit a bump and it I have mine on a magnetic um, I have a magnetic wrap on mine where you can uh, kind of you know magnetize it to the uh, to the cart and it came off we hit the bump so hard it came off and hit the asphalt and rolled it didn't even scuff it <laughs> it's incredible yeah I mean you know if it was one of those hard plastic ones the case would be cracked and probably the lens shattered and I uh, I just I I, I I completely agree. I love the durability of it. And supposedly they've got a newer version of it now that has a magnet built into it. Oh, cool. Well, that's when I have to upgrade. That's probably the uh, direction I'll go because I'm very happy with this thing. Yep. So I'll I'll actually, I'll try to get a, a video out on YouTube um, for those of you that want to see that. If you haven't seen it, it's very inspensive. We, I think Rich paid the same as I did. I picked mine off, up, picked mine up off Amazon for 200 bucks, I believe. So, yep. I, I got mine for 200 bucks as well. So a very inexpensive, very high quality range finder. But, uh, so that's, that's what's in the bag folks. If you're, you know, you, you're wondering what, you know, some average golfers that are out there, you know, what we're playing, that's a, a little glimpse of what's in the bag for you all. So, uh, any, any other comments on, uh, what's in the bag, Rich? Are we miss anything? No, man. Um, I, I I will say that uh, I've got more drip than you. Uh, I dress better. We've got it. That's the that's my uh, that's on my my goal list for this year to to get you to to get back into the golf drip and uh, dress it up. <laughs> I've tried a little bit. I've added I've added a little bit of swag swagger to it. It's just you know, I'm, folks. I'm you can't teach a uh, can't teach an old draw old dog new tricks. I just. Yeah, we can. We got you, Man, Jeff and I. Jeff and I are two of the best dressed around, so we'll get you. We'll get you looking right. We shall see. We shall see. But uh, well, with closing on that, uh, we'll come down the stretch here on our last topic, which is um, what do we want to do next year? What what's what's some of our your goals, Rich? What what's some of the we'll say the top three things that you are going to be focusing on in the off season going into and all through next year to try to improve. Sure. Um, so my, my three things are, uh, at number one, I, I alluded to it when I was talking about my uh, three accomplishments. Um, I'm, this is going to be year two of me changing my mental game. And I told you last year, I actually think we talked about it on the podcast. Um, you know, I, I want to to take an approach with the game uh, to to not to not be so quick to blow up, and I've had some I had some opportunities to demonstrate how much I've come, uh, or how far that I've come uh, this past year, and and it it honestly helped me score better by not blowing up. So you know next year my big goal is to to continue that that is that I you know I. I go into every uh, round with the with the same outlook, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make it a cognizant um, thought process throughout the course of a round that if something bad happens, um, to you know basically just you know let it roll off and move on to the next hole because I can always score on the next hole, uh, and that's you know that's the mindset that I started to have this year. You know there were a couple times where you know things came off the you know things came off the rails, and that's okay. Um, I'm just going to continue to work on minimizing the negativity and keeping the positive in my head and enjoying the moment. So that's the first one. Um, second, uh, my, go- my big goal for the off season and, um, 
you know, what I'm going to be practicing on. You know, like I said, just bought a new house and I've got a garage and I've already got a, uh, a mat and a, and, a, and a net set up. So I'm going to be working um, with my coach uh, this year, which I'll, I'll kind of announce uh, soon because I want to make sure that he's going to be able to take me. But he's a, uh, he's a um, Golf Digest uh, USGA top 50 teacher here in West Virginia. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm going to be working with him to eliminate my early extension. That has been the key to my, um, my being inconsistent. So, uh, remove, starting to remove that, that, uh, early extension is going to be very important for me. And that is my, that's my second goal. So that's going to be, that's going to be my practice with a purpose throughout the, the off season. Uh, and my third goal is going to be to lower that handicap uh, back down to 10 or below. 10 is the goal. If I can get below that, that's amazing. Um, you know, I, it, it, it'll all just depend on on uh, how I play, how my practice goes. But I'm, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of stressors in my life have been eliminated after this past year. Uh, after having some, you know, some career uncertainty, uh, that that is no longer there. Um, finally buying the house, I'm going to be able to practice with a purpose and, uh, really, really looking forward to seeing, you know, where challenging myself, uh, as well as practicing with a purpose takes my handicap. So that's my three goals, man. What are yours? Well, I kind of share the handicap one with you. So, um, you know, really big strides for me this year went from a 16 and a half down to a 13-2, and I will tell you 100%. I'm, I'm going to go as far as to say that probably 75% of that was completely centered around driver. 100% driver was holding me back so much. and um, Sure, it was. You know, it's, it's hard to score whenever you're out of position on every hole. Yeah, so, you know, driver, driver is still not where I want it to be, though. And, and right. that has got to be another area of focus for me because I am, I'm still not being able to get, number one, I got to outdrive you. So, um, good luck. I, I've got, good luck. I've got to be able to get a little bit better at hitting Slotvanovic. Well, so I, I will, I will tell you, I'm, so for those of you who listen to Chasing Scratch as well, so Jeff and I, starting on January 1st or starting Irish Mike's fit for golf program, which means I'm going to be stronger and more flexible and I'm already hitting it by you. Good you luck. You are, you are, but, uh, <laughs> we, we shall see, sir. But, uh, I hope so. That is, uh, that is a, a goal of mine. It, not, not just the distance. So to be honest with you, I am, um, when I really get into the ball, I'm still, I'm nowhere near as bad a slice as what I used to be, but when I really try to get into the ball, I am I still have that that little lingering slice, and it seems to be there mostly whenever I'm trying to really put a little extra into it. So I've got to find that that fine mix of, and that's another reason I was interested in the shaft is because you know I feel that maybe that 55 gram when I'm trying to get into it a little bit more is maybe a little too whippy for me. Sure, I see. I know what you're saying. But uh, we'll dive we'll dive into that. We'll get into the you know into the mad scientist over the off season and and see what I can get 
cooked up there. But those are you know, the handicap and getting better with driver. And the third goal is going to be I've got to get better from 50 and in. You know, from, from 100 yards and in, I can hit the green all day. But whenever you're 50 yards and into the green, in my opinion, there should be no excuse that you're not within four feet of the hole. Absolutely. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And and that has to be a big, big thing. And trust me, I got better at my chipping. If I'm five feet off the green, I'm deadly. You put a lob wedge in my hand five feet off the green, I'm deadly. But in that 50 to, you know. Those little pitch shots, little 50-yard pitches. Yep. Yep, that 50 to 25, 20-yard 20 pitch shot in. Um, I don't know what it is. It just seems to, to get me, and I've, I've got to get, you know, if I want to get those scores to drop down, I've got to focus on, on that element of the short game. But uh, sure. those are the three uh, that I have, and I, um, I do have a little little something extra for you, though. Oh, hit me. I got a fourth goal for you. Oh, let's go. I am going to win the Braggarts Cup at a much higher percentage than you will this year. And I also have a coach that I have not told you about that, oh. I, that I have hired his services for. He is a very... A very renowned golfer in the Pittsburgh area, and currently, currently a playing pro. Wow! So I will hide the details on that until season two. But watch out, buddy! Don't you don't you worry about that driver distance. There's going to be a whole lot more you're going to have to worry about. Well, that's okay. I'm I'm ready for it. I promise you. Really? That's all the reaction I get? I thought I'd get a lot oh. more dramatic reaction oh, no. than that. No, no, no. No, you you don't have to. You can see with me, you can talk all the crap you want. I just want to take it out on the course. Well. You we, won't get in my head this year, Garen. Okay. We'll see how tough that mental toughness gets. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Uh, so speaking of the Braggarts Cup, I, uh, you know... I, I think we owe the folks an apology. Um, we said that we were going to get out and play, and life yes. happened again, folks. It uh, it struck with a vengeance. Um, literally, the you know uh, between family illness and personal illness, um, everything's fine. I'm I'm all good. Everything's good. But um, we we'll just say that life got in the way. Uh, the whole month of basically the end of october and all through november and uh absolutely it's uh it did not happen but we we can promise you that the braggarts cup will be coming in full force in 2022 so 100 percent. so can't wait to can't wait i i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and put up an empty shelf in, in my office <laughs> that way it just has its home well, I hope you got some Swiffers to keep that thing dusted because it might be accumulating a lot there for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. You boys get your helmets on. Follow me out there. Let's go, let's go. <laughs> all right, brother. Well, I think that we have uh, given them all that we can give. And, folks, listen, I uh, 
can't thank those of you who have listened in and stuck with us all this year. Hope you come back for season two. It has been an absolute blast. And, you know, shoot us some comments. Give us some comments on the pod. What's some things you'd like to hear uh, or be talked about next year? Um, what's some things that, uh, you know, you would like to like to hear us, you know, maybe even tackle in our own games or, you know, do you have any course suggestions, whatever, just shoot us, shoot us some comments. We'll be, be, uh, be more than glad to, uh, respond to those and anything we can do to make this pod more entertaining and, uh, more beneficial for you all is, is what we want to do. And uh, just to, just just really quick, just to let you guys know, we have some really really cool stuff coming up already planned for 2022. Uh, our golf trip is going to be um, nope. Don't let the cat epic. out of the bag. Don't let the cat I'm out of not, the bag. I'm not. I'm. It's it's going to be epic to say the least. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag. I promise. Um, but uh, you guys are going to really enjoy uh, the golf trip. Um, I know we're going to. <laughs> That's right. Um, but we've got uh, we got a ton of great stuff planned for 2022 to bring you guys. Um, I, I'll echo what Garen said and say that I, I can't thank you enough for hanging in and listening with us. Uh, and, and we, you know, we love, we love the messages that we get and we love the comments that we get and, and we appreciate you guys and just, uh, just keep doing it, man. Get out there and hit the ball. It doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter what the score is at the end of the day. Just get out and enjoy the game. Uh, because uh, it's, it's a game that, that we're going to be able to play until, you know, until we're not around anymore. So uh, enjoy the game. Uh, We enjoy you guys, and hopefully you enjoy us for another year. All right, man. Well, with all that being said, folks, until next season, you all get out and hit them straight and keep on hacking.